Good morning, friends, and welcome to Some People's Kids, Youth Pastors, remembering to press the right buttons with other youth pastors, at least this time. We we got Andrew and Ian in the house today with Some People's Kids. Have you ever had that happen with um, tech stuff when you're teaching or preaching? You oh, like yeah. didn't hit the sound button, you didn't hit the microphone button, like... And you're just talking. As a live streamer now, yeah. I, I live streamed for 20 minutes the other day with some friends and forgot that my mic and their mics were muted and the stream people on stream didn't even happen to mention it. Dude, you know what buttons I always forget to push is like when I'm spelling a word. And so then I'll like put PowerPoint up there and the word's misspelled and my kids cannot move past it. Yep, that, that's gone the, forever. Like the grammar... I won't even Here's call the problem, that. though, just... is that you're really good at pushing my buttons. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what I did there? Yeah, I'm not your child, though, so. No, well, well. Uh, well. <laughs> That's not cool, man. Uh, we That's would like cool. to also welcome to the stage a man who has just referred to my office as a sports bar, Craig Furderer. <laughs> a very artsy sports bar. It is. It's very artsy. It's very artsy. It'd be like a sports bar where you uh, watch soccer. <laughs> they all watch soccer. I'll take that. I'll take that. I received that. Yeah, it's definitely. Like uh, yeah, Craig's with us, Dr. Craig Furterer, Great Northern University, here in Spokane. He's been with us before, but you heard him more like in the distance. Yes, because I was he recording was... from my computer microphone instead of the mics <laughs> on that are attached to our Not on purpose. Yeah, yeah, we can hear him. So uh, yeah, we got a fun, we got a lot of fun stuff. Craig, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and family from Spokane, us from Spokane. Just Give us a little intro. Good, yeah. Well, again, thanks for, thanks for letting me join you guys. I'm pretty much from Spokane. Grew up in this area. Wasn't born here, but grew up in this area. And uh, attended, attended church at Trinity Baptist Church here in Spokane. Yeah. Grew up there. Was an intern there. And and uh, while I went to Inland Empire School of the Bible, which then became Spokane Bible College, which then became Moody Bible Institute. Yeah. Which then became Great Shout Northern out. University. Where, Let's go from <laughs> the ashes. We're, we're, we're graduates of the of Moody. That's right. Spokane. Yeah, yeah Moody That's Spokane. Right. I like to tell people I'm graduated from GNU because I'm a little bitter <laughs> against Moody. Oh, no. We still still love you, Moody. Yeah, I love Chicago. you, Moody. Chicago, thank you for abandoning us. Oh, <laughs> come on. Come on. They're not listening. It doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're not here. They're not going to listen to us. <laughs> they're not hearing any of this. So um, Spokane's where I did, uh, have been in the youth ministry the longest. Uh, yeah, the first okay. ministry was over in the Salem, Oregon area, and then at um, a church here in Spokane for 21 years yeah yep okay so how did you get into youth ministry you know i've got i think the classic story i mean it's what so many people share i i was in uh i was at a church and at the same time i think god was just really stirring me up yeah uh, a youth pastor a new youth pastor came to our church and he just really poured into my life and I'd never had, yeah, outside of my dad, I'd never had another man care for me like that, mm-hmm. challenge me like that, you know, kick me in the rear sometimes and put his arm around me other times. And and uh, and I just grew like a weed, you know, between yeah. what God was doing right then and how he was using, his name was Jack Grimm, is Jack Grimm, he's not dead. Uh, <laughs> was. Shout out to Jack. He changed yeah. his name. <laughs> yeah, he changed it. It's awesome. So that time was so formative in my life and... And as I, and that, that was right as I was graduating from high school and going into college, but he led the college ministry as well. Okay. And so I interned with him for four years while I was doing my undergrad. Yeah. And, uh, and those were such formative years. They were just great. And when I was, yeah. you know, as I was getting done, I just thought, done with both my undergrad and working with Jack as an intern, I thought, I can't think of anything I would rather do in my with my life than the kinds of things Jack did with me. Yeah. And so it ended up being that response where you go, that's like, that's like the, the pinnacle, you know, yeah. to be able to uh, be co-laboring with God mm-hmm. in working in students' life to have yeah. them come to Christ and, and, uh, and then become a, a disciple. So that's my path. It's so, it's so cool that you say that because I always tell my volunteers and my interns a rule of five. And and that 
each year you should have five students on your radar to try to disciple and invest in. Expect two of them to be, yeah, I'm in, but not really in. And then out of those three that are left, expect those other two to be semi-consistent, but scheduling gets in the way, sports gets in the way, other things. And it's just not, you know, you've invested in them, but it's just not as consistent as you'd like it to be. And then expect one of them to cling on to you for life, (laughs) to just be like, they love your relationship with the Lord. They love what the Lord, who the Lord's created you to be. And they just want it. And you might get a story where they also go into youth ministry and things like that, or they just, you have a disciple who's with you your whole life. And I've got right now as the journey that I'm on, I've got a couple of those students in my life who are like that, right? We mm-hmm. stay really connected when they're in town from college. I see them, they see me, they, they're almost become like friends. Yeah. Um, right. but it's encouraging to hear that because I think that's what I want my leaders to remember. Like the work you're doing, the Lord will bless. There are dividends being paid. So yeah, uh, it's really cool. And really I, cool. man, Andrew, I think that's such great expectations to mm-hmm. give leaders too. you know, yeah. versus, I've got these five guys, but only one of them, you know, I'm misfiring yeah. in four areas. It's like, yeah. no, that's, that's really how it's probably going to be. Yeah. So that's really good. More yeah. often than not. I think I, I, I stole that from somebody. <laughs> I stole that from a book. I, I, oh, I pretty sure I, I, <laughs> I didn't try to remember. It might've been Mark DeVry's book. Hmm, sure. uh, Sustainable. All good Youth ideas Ministry. are yeah. stolen from somebody else. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I wish I could just say that was mine, but and uh, yeah, so no, that's awesome. That's really great. Well, we, you know, we always start these off with icebreakers. And so we already kind of did an icebreaker with you on, on your story, but we, we want to get into some debates here. Oh, let's these, crack the, those knuckles. The, the, these are, these are like hour long episodes and like 55 minutes of them are Ian and I debating over an icebreaker. Um, <laughs> like banana flavor Laffy Taffy. Or Ooh. no, it was, uh, is grape a good flavor. Yeah. So here, here, it's here's not, one, by the way, uh, agree or disagree. Here we go. Okay. We, we've did, we've done one similar to this. Um, but I, you'll, you'll, you'll see why. I chose this. Did I need to play this too? Yeah, you're in. Okay. You're in. Yeah. All three of us. Beautiful. Gift cards are a thoughtful gift. Yes or no? Agree or disagree? Oh, and why? Geez. Gift cards are a thoughtful gift. Worst gift I've ever gave, which I've I've talked about in a in a recent podcast, was that I the worst gift I gave was a gas card to my father. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. As, well, as yeah, a high schooler. Because you're going to use it. It's for he you. He immediately turned around and gave it back to me and said, thanks. He actually texted me recently because I think he caught up on some episodes. And he goes, I'll take a gas cards now. Yeah, yeah. I definitely will take a gas card now. That is a very thoughtful I would gift. say that depending on the, get, the, the, the gift card would make it a good gift or not. Mm. So, like, if yeah. you're going to give me a gift card to like ladder coffee if you're going to give me a gift card to yeah. amazon i'm going to use that i'm <laughs> yeah. like oh yeah. cool yeah. i don't i get to spend money i didn't have before <clears throat> if you're going to give me a gift card to uh the lobster house i'm not gonna that, like, that wasn't very thoughtful <laughs> by lobster house do you mean red lobster <laughs> yeah that one <laughs> I was like, all I saw was like a lobster, lobster and a, house. Like, any seafood restaurant. Don't yeah. I'm, well, I like seafood, that sounds but like I food poisoning. Yeah, don't lobster give, house. Don't give me, <laughs> yeah. don't give me something I can't use. Like, or if it's like, hey, I gave you a gift card to like it's a one way ticket to your dairy allergy. Like, I know I'm not Ben and use, Jerry's. Yeah, Ben and Jerry's. Thanks. <laughs> so thoughtful. Like that's. Yeah, unless it's like a joke. But what about like then, the Visa gift cards? Like the oh, just no. Visa card. I don't, no, that's not. Just give me cash. Why are you making it difficult? Oh yeah, I <laughs> agree. Agree that. that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, cards. I think. You know, here was the here is the times where I think gift cards are really good. Yeah. When it's your, when instead of your in laws giving you something that's just hideous and you have to bring it back, <laughs> yeah, they just yeah. give you a card and you don't have to do that. That's a good gift. That's, that's a good when gift. the gift yeah, good. Gift. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when you realize that your thoughtfulness is actually not helpful, just give me a gift card. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I think, uh, yeah, man, this is a tough one because, like you said, if because gift cards are so like vast, and there's so many, you can get gift cards. To was Xbox Online, you can get yeah. gift cards that mm-hmm. we can get gift cards to iTunes, you can get gift cards to um, there's so gift cards many different, to everything. There's gift cards to everything. So actually, it might be really thoughtful to say, I'm going to let you buy something at this store 
Like if you're a, if you're an outdoorsman, Cabela's, you know, uh, yeah. Bass Pro Shop, like that's not a bad. So I think they can be very thoughtful, um, but it also depends on who who's receiving it, right? Yeah. If they're like, well, I've been telling you <laughs> that I've been I've been hinting at this from that store. Now, but you didn't even give me enough to go buy that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I remember one time we got, I don't remember who it was from. We got a gift card for watching, I think it was babysitting someone's kids. They gave us a gift card to like uh, a coffee shop and we went to use it. And there was only $2.50 oh. on it. Oh. It was a gift card they had used. Oh, that's <laughs> just stupid. Like, what? I don't even know. I don't even know who it was. So if you're listening and you did I that. Just- Shame on you. Shame on you. <laughs> exactly. That is not worth it. Yeah, it was anything. like it's like what? Huh? No, no, I thought I thought it said 25. No, it said 256. No, it had 250. Imagine yeah. getting like the back of the wallet gift card that somebody had from AMC. See, that's that that they forgot. They just forgot. But see, that's the thing too. Like AMC gift cards are great because you can go to Costco. I don't got three hours to go watch a movie. Yes, you do. You you're a gamer, man. Yeah, I can play games. Like I'm home with my family. But here's the thing. With here's them. the thing. Movie gift cards, especially like so, we have we have some friends who have a bunch of kids, right? So Costco will have around Christmas time these like seven tickets for eighty dollars or something. So like that's actually a good price for yeah. for those tickets. So those bigger families. They can't afford it most times because oh, it's yeah, like twelve dollars, thirteen dollars for all their kids. So those can actually be pretty good gift cards because usually you end up getting like, you know, eight for the price of six or something like that. So I think gift cards can actually be really thoughtful. Um, but if it's like, oh crap, we forgot this. Uh, <laughs> do you have a gift card somewhere? Yeah, I do. Here's this, and you already used it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my That's goodness! Awesome. Imagine. <laughs> That's like a white <laughs> elephant gift. That's not a real yeah, gift. Right. What, yeah, what do you think? Hold on. Cards with unknown what do you think about the um, lottery ticket cards, Damn. like gift cards? I don't. I'm I've not never a, gotten. A lottery I've never ticket. gotten. I know people yeah. who do that. They're like, you get certain amount of lottery tickets for your years, right? So like, oh. you're you're 15. You got 15 lottery tickets. You're 25. That's you got dumb. 20. That's dumb. I. I, I, I that's there's that's no not thoughtful. There's no payout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not thoughtful. <laughs> Sometimes they show up in. In stockings at Christmas time, those gift are cards. kind of fun. Then. Oh, yeah. the lottery the tickets. Lottery. Yeah, then it's kind yeah. of fun. Yeah, Here's I would another... be okay with a, a lottery ticket in a in a stocking, like yeah. as a whatever. Yeah, but... it better be like the million dollar ones though. Like <laughs> yeah. I want, I want to be if I'm going to get know. them. In the I think I would rather have a scratch card than have a lottery ticket. Yeah, you, my, get uh, yeah too, you get to do yeah. something. Yeah, you get to do something with it. At least you get to like play it. Yeah, but the other yeah. one you're like, oh, I gotta go what look it, this up. Like, yeah, but what if you looked it up and you won? That's the best stocking stuffer you ever got in your <laughs> one life. One out of a million. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber, baby. So you're saying there's a chance. All right, that's here's here's another bad gift oh, card yeah. situation. Spouse. You can't oh. give a gift card to your wife. Oh, That's no. just death. I'm 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 Uno reversing this. Hundred oh. percent. Like I this is what I did. This is what I, I'm I did. with you. I think this might be a generational <laughs> thing, Craig. <laughs> I I totally took I went out to f- like a bunch of different coffee shops and just got five dollar gift cards to every single coffee shop that I could find in Spokane area. And then I put them in envelopes with different. So it's all about the. It's okay. all about the presentation. I was oh, gonna say, and that's got that because, shows you could put a lot of thought into exactly. it. Exactly. So then, I, and then I shop. went and got like ten dollar gift cards from all these different uh, uh, thrift stores, <laughs> and I, so I put them in those different envelopes so she could open one up and be like, "Where am I going today? Where am I? Am I gonna? Hmm. Oh, I'm going shopping. Oh, I'm gonna go get a coffee from this place." And so I was like. The coffee shops have five. These have ten. And it was a really cool. Like she loved it. It was fun. Like I don't know where I'm gonna get coffee from. I don't know what this. Like oh, I get to go shopping at this place. So I get to go see yeah. what's over here. Okay. That sounds see, cool. That's that, creative. That is that cool. cool. You have way more energy than I do. My, <laughs> my wife. It. If I want to get her the best gift I could ever give her, hundred dollar gift card to Target. Hmm. Done. Like she would be, I wouldn't have to present it. I could drop it on the floor and she'd be like, this is the greatest gift I've ever gotten. Like that. It just, I'm so I'm with you. I think think if if you presented it and like, here's just a card that I got from Walmart with a $10 gift card for, for, here's a $10 (laughs) gift card to, to like 
uh, Wendy's. It's got to have <laughs> like, some. It's got to be at the right place. And it's got to have some money. Yeah, like it's yeah. got to. Yeah, you can't do twenty five bucks. Yeah, somewhere. I mean. Maybe you could. I don't I th- know. Yeah, I'd be excited about a hundred dollar gift card to Target. Heck yeah, yeah. I was I'm not saying. a white girl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like just saying, yeah. I, There's a Starbucks in there. <laughs> there is a Starbucks in there. I don't know if you could use a Target gift card there though. Well, pff. yeah. Now it's right. now I get give me seventy five dollars Target. Twenty. It might be a generational thing yeah. as I'm listening to you guys talk. I could, yeah, it's well, but, uh, but the creativity really. It's the creativity. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's yeah. with the creativity that'll that'll pivot it. Yeah, it's all about the creativity. Yeah, yeah that would. But well, but to your point though, especially like Christmas, that better not be the only thing. <laughs> oh yeah, that better not be it, the only. If that's thing. it. No, that's, that's yeah. If that's it, if you just went whatever, like nope, that better not be the only thing. Um, there better be. $25 gift card to Starbucks. Guys, welcome to Some People's Kids Podcast, <laughs> yeah, right. where we talk about the best gift you could ever get is uh, having somebody shout out the, the podcast. Uh, just, we need more listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or we need more gifts. Or gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you gifts. guys want to sponsor us, let us know. So, Craig, I think one of the things we want to really, one of our goals is to equip youth pastors in thinking in their ministries in, in a broad way of things right we, we want them to be thinking about you know theologically what is their ministry doing what is their right. how is their ministry falling under the biblical commands of oversight of pastoring and shepherding mm-hmm. we also want um to give practical advice and so today we're going to kind of try to cover both of those with you um and i think one of the one of the areas that a lot of churches i'll just say churches are navigating is there's a little bit of a turn of the tide in the youth ministry world from what might have been really prominent in like the 50s and the 60s and even mm-hmm. to the 90s of fun have a lot of fun right. have a lot of fun have a lot of fun and now it's shifting to this and you've got great stuff out there like rooted ministry access the gospel coalitions doing some stuff in this um there's youth pastor as theologian that uh, is a new blog that's been out for about a year or two um they're really picking up on this idea of Youth pastors have a biblical responsibility to make disciples mm-hmm. and to be equipping upcoming generations to make disciples. Yeah. And so my yeah. question that I think would be really great for the three of us to dialogue, and I really want to get your insight on this, is um, what is the what is the youth ministry's role in the life of the church? Mm-hmm. What is it there for? And we could go into the debate of is it even biblical? I, I you can probably touch on that if you want to, but why why is youth ministry in the life of the church and how should it be functioning in it? Yeah, that's a really that's a good question and I agree with you. I think there is a a tide turning. It's slow. It's way too slow. Yeah, it's moving really slow. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways it's um it's articulated and verbalized but not downloaded into practice. Mm-hmm. And so um Start, I'll start with the kind of the theological angle, and I think where youth ministry fits. It's a uh, Deuteronomy 6, all of us, you know, would call mm-hmm. that one of the, the cornerstone passages, yeah. you know, for, for two things. Both that the community of God followers are responsible to make sure that the next generation uh, knows about God, and, and they've done the best job of kind of creating an incubator possible mm. where young people will hear about God and then they'll do tr- a transaction with God. We can't make them do the transaction, mm-hmm. yeah. but we can set up things so that they know about our God yeah. and they could make, you know, maybe make a, a decision as the Holy Spirit works in their life. So that's like one piece. And then second piece of that one is that um, logically uh, mom and dad have the most influence mm. there, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so both the community's responsible and mom and dad are the point people. Yeah. And so then logically the next piece is um, the community of God and the leaders of God also have a responsibility to equip the parents of God, you know, yeah. the parents, yeah. you know, so that they can do their job um, since they are the point person. So I think youth ministry, it's a, uh, it's a great scenario. And I think it fits in there mm-hmm. where we come alongside parents who have the main responsibilities just locationally, if nothing else, yeah. Um, and we come alongside them and we're their greatest fans. We do everything we can to resource them, whole church, but youth pastor, mm. you know, maybe in particular. 
Um, and, and I think we really, as youth pastors, I think we, we almost need to switch the thinking from parents support the youth ministry your church is doing uh, in your kid's life to parents, how can we support you in mm. the job you need to do in your kid's lives? Yeah. You know, yeah. that the church thinks that way. Yeah. So then um, back to where you started, you know, still that idea, I think that youth ministry is, and youth pastors are people that just haven't grown up yet and they still like they still like playing themselves you know yeah um versus being disciple makers um that that whole thinking is changing mm-hmm. and needs to continue to change and the more we i think can have like you how old are you guys 33 32 yeah the more we can be I mean that that should be like the, the norm with another two decades in your thinking at least mm-hmm. yeah you know kind yeah. of deal yeah uh, because I mean, you guys now you have kids. You're thinking more like parents. You've got X amount of experience now. You had to cut your teeth somewhere. Yeah. But now yeah. you're veterans, you yeah. know, and and now you bring the most to the table, mm-hmm. and and the people in your church see you as adults and men and husbands, yeah. and you're you're not just the kids anymore. Yeah. You know, the young yeah. guys. Yeah. And the more that can become the norm, that we really hired a, you know, an adult couple to disciple our kids and help us as mom and dads mm-hmm. um you know lead our the more that can be the norm i think the yeah. better yeah and you do got to start somewhere so there's a little bit of a catch-22 but yeah, I, yeah. um well and i loved what you said there mom and dad I, I, there, there's a there's a unique side to this that i think is in the margin but i it's present that it's dad dad's the primary disciple maker and, and you have some some truth there right. in the sense of you know, you do see, you know, there's dad leading the home and that kind of, and the dad needs to set the tone. Mm-hmm. But scripture does a really unique thing, especially when you read Proverbs, exactly. of how high regard it has for mom's investment mm-hmm. in the spiritual life mm-hmm. of the children. And especially what can't get lost in that is you will have families in the home where dad's not present. Yeah. And so how do you equip mom to be making disciples? So I say that because I think there is this, um, as there is a turning of a tide, part of that turning is, well, it's dad, 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 dad. And it's like, well, yes, but also if mom's present, it's mom, mom, mom as well. So so how do you equip them? And I, I love what you said there of the idea that instead of, you know, how do we get parents to be, you know, supporting our ministries and things like that, whether it's as volunteers or financially or whatever it might be, how are we supporting the ongoing that will be the most continuous ministry work with them in their home? Um, How do we help equip them and support them? I was hoping, uh, well, I don't know, Ian, if you had anything to chime in on what he had just said as well. No, uh, I'm just vibing with all of this. Okay. (laughs) Ian's just sitting there bobbing his head. Um, This is great. Well, so how would you then, kind of shifting that, how do we, so the tide is turning. It's turning slowly. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's taking so long to turn? Yeah. Yeah. I would I would identify a couple of things. Um, one is you guys are in situations, as was I when I was full time in youth ministry, where the luxury we were in the luxury situation of a church that was large enough to bring in somebody full time and actually even pay us enough where we could be single focused. We didn't yep. have to, you know, do multiple jobs and, and do this at the same time. Um, a lot of churches aren't in that role. Yeah. And yeah. So they're bringing in young guys. They're maybe asking them just to volunteer or the stipend is very small or, you know, and the, the guys are age wise. They're probably uh, younger in their marriages, younger in their kids. So they're spinning so many plates. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of an entry level job. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, in that situation, you just uh, the church is even I think in their thinking in in those situations are. Um, we just really want somebody that could come and teach a Sunday school class or have a midweek class. And they're not thinking yeah. whole, whole scope discipleship. And they're not, thinking, <clears throat> you know, we're, yeah. we're getting this young person to come in and, and, uh, train mom and dad, or 
or come alongside mom and dad and resource them yeah. in any way they can. So that's that's probably a part of it. It's just the yeah. nature of youth ministry is usually thought of as a young person coming in and and then uh, and then older guys are like, I can't raise my family on this in those kind of situations. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. I think another part is um, when you let's see, I wonder, OK, I won't say what what church I'm at, but we just we just hired a guy and the name um, the the name of the position was family minister, mm. you know, family ministry uh, guy um, as I hope it said family ministry guy. Yeah, yeah. Might have, that's, I don't know if <laughs> guy was your job pastor. Title? Pastor was actually family <laughs> ministry guy. Yeah, I'm the family <laughs> ministry guy. That's, that's what it I says like in it. my tax form. Yeah, W yeah. two. And I think, like you and I were talking before we went on, yeah. before we went on live here, there's a lot of different understandings of what that is. Yeah. And in this situation, the understanding is, you will administrate K through college. Yeah. And you'll hands on do middle school and high school. Yeah. And family ministry just means you're you're going to be administratively in charge of the scope of all the all the ages that might be in a family yeah yeah, yeah. and it wasn't you know in my th- some of the things that are going around today that i think are much better yeah um and much and better because they align with deuteronomy 6 and yeah. psalm 78 and ephesians 6 and all of proverbs and yeah. you know passages like that is um no let's let's bring on <clears throat> let's have somebody that is going to be focused on helping mom and dad do the best job mm. they can and helping us as a church um, you partner with them to make sure the next generation knows mm. the Lord. So that kind of position looks significantly different. Here's a really good, I think this is really good thinking by a guy named, like you said, every good idea is you know, yeah. really already been yeah. thought. And this is from a guy named Richard Ross. And he's got a uh, he's got a website called Richard Ross Ministries. He's also been uh, a professor at Southwestern Seminary for years and years, aiming at this, speaking into this issue constantly. And and he as he you know over the years as he's been working on this, he settled into what he calls a three prong approach, both for you and I as we train our leaders to think mm-hmm. through this, as well as you know maybe my end of things in a in a college training guys coming out of there to think this yeah. way but really to think of youth ministry in a three-prong manner. And the three prongs are, uh, you, you know, divide your time or your energy or your focus into these three areas. One, helping mom and dad, um, you know, with their job, because they are the point person. Yeah, That's the first, you know, the first leg. And it's not that somebody coming out, again, you know, we talk about, uh, the age of usually starting out in youth ministry, you were pretty young and that's really challenging. It was really challenging to me at 25 to come out, you know, and tell, tell parents, uh, you know, or be in any way yet thinking that I'm going to tell parents how to, uh, raise their kids. Yeah. You know, I've Being got, seen as an authority is right. a unique position there at yeah. 25. Yeah. Yep. And there, and there, but there are some models that a, a person, a youth pastor, even at 25 could say, Okay, I'm not the guy who's going to be teaching this, yeah. but I could put together a foundation, um, mm. you know, kind of a plan that would that would come alongside parents. Yeah. And we can yeah. talk about that in a second. That's one leg, one prong. Second one, this one spins again. When you think about scripture, as well as some of the the things coming out of um, oh, some of the some of the research out of Fuller. Um, what's I can't think of her. Uh, Karen Powell. Powell. Yeah. Karen Powell. Yeah. Grow with. I think that's yeah. what growing with. Yeah. And that one's kind of aimed at mom and dads, but they've also in sticky faith and some of the yeah. other things they've done, they've talked about how a, a key component that they've seen of, of young adults down the road, still having a strong faith is that early on they were, they were really involved in their church. There were people that were really invested in their yeah. lives in their church. Yeah. Um, like, five people you know yeah it was i think yeah. the the yeah. thing that the yeah i think that's chap clark's said. idea in in his adoptive, adoptive youth ministry well. yeah yeah he says that um teenagers need five mentors in their lives yeah and he argues that you know the church can fill up almost three or four of those mm-hmm. and or almost all five of them right um and so yeah just affirming yeah. that yeah and then the last piece so first prong you know, spend your time um, helping mom and dad with their job. Spend as a youth pastor. Spend your time connecting 
students to the church, have that as a main focus. I'm going to do all that I can to have them feel like and and actually be a part of of the church. And then the last one, there's going to be X amount of students that mom and dads don't come. Mm. They're not believers yet. So they don't have a natural connection to the church and they don't have a natural voice in their life from a mom and dad. And so they need to have a scripture drenched youth ministry, mm-hmm. you know, scripture pouring, into drenched. Those kids, Let's go. pouring into the kids' lives. And I thought that's a really good way, as I think of scripture, I think that's a really good way to say those should be the things that as a youth pastor, I am, I am kind of carving my week mm-hmm. and, you know, my efforts around. Obviously, the big mission of our church is going to be making disciples, but in yeah. the in the pathway to do that in youth ministry, yeah. Part of that's going to be that they become a real, a significant part of my church. Mm. Um, that mom and that I do everything I can to help mom and dad, you know, with their job, yeah. and then, and then just another voice from the church too, constantly telling them of God's word and loving yeah. Him like Christ. And so, that's when I feel like, well, that does feel like the community of God followers taking on the responsibility to make sure the next generation knows. Uh, you know about God and mm. about our God. Yeah. So that, I really like Ross's thinking yeah, that, on that one. Yeah, that's really great because yeah. we our first episode we did this year was on how to um, basically a missional youth ministry, but also with the emphasis how do you get students on mission? Hmm. And we both agreed that it's in the corporate time mm-hmm. in, of your youth ministry, and also in the one to one time. So I love this idea of like. You know, that, that that last prong of Scripture, you know, uh, drenched, Scripture saturated, because not only for the kid that's coming from a non-Christian home, but for the kid that's coming from a Christian home to be able to say, oh, this is what it's about. Mom and dad yeah. might say it all the time, and sometimes that can, you can get numb to that. <laughs> yeah. But here's this youth leader that I really like, I really respect, and not only are they teaching Scripture in the youth time, but also one on one, they want to get into it as well. Yeah, this means something to them. This yeah. is important to what we're about. And then you're also uh, equipping the parents to be able to have, you know, very good uh, life filled conversations over scripture with the parents uh, with their kids as well. And that's the prong I think I want to ask about is the <laughs> helping mom and dad. What would yeah. you say to the to the Let's just stick with the 25-year-old getting his yeah. first job. And in that job description, it says equipping parents. Yeah. What would you say parents need equipped in the most? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, um, besides sticking around. Besides, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. This, is a, this is a decade-old survey, survey that I'm going to um, I'm reference. But yeah. LifeWay, uh, kind of in conjunction with... Uh, with uh, Southern Baptist Seminary, they did a survey of 40,000 different people. Wow. That's, that's an unbelievable sample. Yeah, yeah. And here's You're going to get some insight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's the next best thing. You know, sometimes when Barna does stuff, um, I mean, I love Barna, so this isn't a slam on Barna, but sometimes when you find out what his pool was, you go, well, you're measuring Mormons and Catholics and evangelicals yeah, yeah, and yeah. we're going to draw some conclusions here. You know, yeah. yeah, I think we got some differences of theology here and, and, uh, but this is, these were all evangelical churches and the surveys were done in small groups. Mm. So, so these weren't Christmas and Easter believers. They had some investment in their churches. Mm. So they probably represent our churches and our parents, you know, more than maybe some surveys. So unbelievable job um, that Lifeway did, I think. Uh, well, so part of this survey, they, like you and I would expect, they, they ask, um, you know, is it, is it mom and dad's responsibility or is it the church's main responsibility mm. to disciple the kids? And like you would expect, you know, it was like 87 or 88% of the, of the people filling out the survey said, well, obviously it's mom and dad's main responsibility because right. they're geographically with their kids all the time and they're the yeah. main influencers, yeah. you know? Um, then they said, okay, now how many of you are doing something active? And they broke it down into what those actively discipling kinds of things would be. And, Again, like you and I experienced probably in our own scenarios, 
the percentages of people that were actually intentionally and regularly doing something was very small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so their nick their follow up category of questions was well if you know it's your if that's really you know supposed to be your baby and but you're not doing anything how come and you could guess the answers uh, number two was we don't have enough time yeah and that one is like we'll fix that you know yeah. that's a, <laughs> that's an easy one yeah yeah, yeah. stop, yeah. stop well, doing something that's taken well, away it yeah. may not. It, Easy or not, yeah. that may not necessarily be something we can equip you in. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You <laughs> like just need we, to make it. That's not an expectation that could be put on our yeah, shoulders. Yeah, I, I can't put look at your calendar and go, well, get rid of that, get rid of that, get rid of that. Yeah, um, right, yeah. yeah. Now here I am, the life coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was number two. Number one, and quite a ways ahead, was we don't know what to do. Mm. You know, so those, I think, you know, if we were just guessing, we'd go, I bet those are the two. Yeah. And it was. Those yeah. were the two. So, so the church is... you know, opportunity to come alongside parents. And I don't know what your stories are, but my story would also be, I grew up in a family that I didn't see. We all kind of became Christians about the same time in my family. And and I was in my teens, you know? And so mom and dad, um, they didn't have a, they were just really good people, but they didn't have a relationship with Christ or, you know, and themselves didn't have a lot of, of, um, understanding of Christianity to pass on to my sister mm, or I. Mm, yeah. And so, so then, you know, my wife and I get married and our kids start coming you go, okay, it would have been really cool if our back, either of our backgrounds were right. ones where we saw right. a clear how to, mm-hmm. but it's not there. And so it's going to be our responsibility to get the how to's, you yeah. know, and, and some people don't take the baby steps to get the how to's. Yeah. And, and it really is um, in, an intimidating thing. You know, we're all we're all parents. The parenting thing is pretty intimidating. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and so a lot of people they freeze. You know, again, I, you, we can't do anything about the priorities, and we don't have time. You just got to fix that, mom and dad. Yeah. But the other one, the church can partner with. You know, at that point, and go well. Let's let's do this together. So, yeah. long intro to your. You know, what do we do about this when you're 25 years old? Yeah. I think the I think the key is going to be that a 25 year old you know new youth pastor still can know transferable efforts mm. to to come along and resource parents and in the mm. thinking then is I am 25 I'm probably not going to be the guy that's going to equip these parents right. but I can put together something that would equip them yeah I can think yeah. through it and so um, you reference, like, I think we talked about it last time, um, the book shift by Brian Haynes. Okay. Yeah. You know, he puts together a, that was his doctoral thesis. He puts together a structure that any 25 year old could come in and put into place. Mm-hmm. And it's basically saying, I'm going to find the parents in, in, in our church. I'm going to ask my current staff, our elders, who would be the parents in our church that you would say they've, they've been intentional. They're not perfect parents. Their kids aren't perfect kids, but they've been intentional. They're down the road quite a bit further um, and tap into them. And, and with, you know, with some proven transferable structure, tap into them and say, would you champion this for the Mm. sake of, of the rest of the parents in our church? Yeah. Take your experiences, take your wisdom, take what you learned and didn't learn, or t- what you learned and what you learned worked and didn't work. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. What it, t- tell us what you didn't, didn't learn. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th- um, thanks for focusing on that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got you. That's when Ian will chime in. This is when I come <laughs> when, in. When, yeah, he will chime in. <laughs> So those things, those, those can happen, yeah. you know, and yeah. a, and a young person can, a, you know, I'm say I'm 25 again, coming out of seminary or out of, out of a, a Bible college. I could, I could go, okay, I, I can't teach that class. I can't lead that. I can't mentor that couple, but mm-hmm. I could find some, some couples in our yeah. church that could do that. And then if I see a structure that I really think, yep, that's transferable into my context. Well, we're gold. I like the networking aspect of that. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's as somebody who likes networking, I like that idea of taking a student, taking a family that you, that you're like. I remember when I first joined, a lot of uh, my leaders were like, would complain about not getting connected with the pastors, and I was like, well, I'm one of those pastors, and like, yeah, but you're my peer. I like huh. you have nothing. They would yeah. say you have nothing that I, I might be able to learn from, 
And I'm like, well, yes and no, but also like I'm one of the people that could bring you to somebody yeah. who might be able to help you. And as somebody who's now the the youth guy, I'm able to connect you with this older couple that I I because of my position I've been able to get to know. Mm-hmm. And I I think that's an expectation that maybe young even young adults uh, that are in the ministry might not understand their youth the youth person gets is uniquely connected into the church system that uh, that can connect you with different people to disciple you. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, and we just, at our church, and we talked about this before, where we were planning this, and now we've actually done it, where we did, uh, it's called Parenting Matters. Hmm. Um, so, like you know, m- matters in the sense of, like, it's important, but also here are some of the matters you're going to cover. Yeah. Um, and so, and the first course was uh parenting matters navigating the teenage years Hmm. and it was that we i personally invited all the different parents with teenagers but then i went and so our ministry invited them but then i went personally invited some families uh that have you know are well known they're probably at the empty nester stage Mm -hmm. and they've got you know some some of their kids are believers some of their kids aren't believers you know that have went out of the house and how they're navigating those things and I said, could you just come and sit in on these courses and help speak mm-hmm. into some of these things? Mm-hmm. As we covered, like, well, we, you know, we covered some practical things. We covered some, you know, theology. We covered scripture. One night it was yeah. just, let's look at how God the Father is present with us mm-hmm. and how does that affect our yeah. being present with our kids. Yeah. And, uh, and it, I mean, it just was like, just let, let scripture do the work at that point. But that was really helpful for me as being a young parent talking to parents with teenagers i don't have a lot of practical advice on how to run a devotional with your teenager at you know around dinner i don't have that for you yet i'm not there but what i do is i know this family that i know the furterers who have been there done that you know and and so we could talk about that as a large group of you know 25 30 people and we can speak together and build each other up and and so no i think that's what's that's deuteronomy 6 right i mean mm-hmm. that's that's the that's the community of yep. god followers as you said coming together and saying parents this is your job yeah but it's also our job to come alongside you in that job mm-hmm. and i love um i love the, the, there is that critique out there of like the the typical youth ministry on wednesday night with um, a bunch of college age leaders overlooking high school and junior high. There's a critique out there on that, like, no, where are the parents? And I always go, uh, no, I, I used to say this, and I heard a guy who wrote this. It was in one of the perspective books on family ministry that I read. He goes, mm-hmm. wait a minute. So you're critiquing the fact that here's these parents bringing these kids to a Wednesday night to sit under people that aren't too far ahead of them. You know, they're, your child's 17. This person's 25 who's going to maybe a state university and is trying to live for Christ and is trying to pour that into your kid. At the same time, you are then discipling those 25 year olds. Wait, there's a problem with that. (laughs) There's a problem there. Like, no, it's, there shouldn't be as much a problem there. Now the problem does become though, when the parent goes, like you said earlier, that's their job. Mm-hmm. They make yeah. disciples. I just, I don't have to do that. And no, that that's a disconnect. They're like, to your point that the Lifeway survey point out, not a lot of parents would verbalize that or believe mm-hmm. that, but they feel somewhat stuck in saying, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And to your point to the, to the youth pastor, 25, 35, 55, it doesn't matter. There are so many resources out there now. You don't even have to recreate the wheel. So true. Like yeah. Access, have you heard of Access? Yep. That, that, yep. They're incredible. Yeah. Talk, they're doing more of a biblical worldview and cultural issues, hmm. which is like you can get an email service going where it sends it out to all your parents, and yeah. they can read an article they put out every week. Access is incredible. Rooted mm-hmm. Ministry is phenomenal. They have youth parent. They have youth ministry blogs, and they have parent blogs yeah. to help equip. So. There, I, I actually just had a mom text me a couple of days ago and go, do you have any podcast resources, like teenage podcast resources? I was like, actually off the top of my head, well, for teenagers, oh, for teenagers. Well, I mean, we have a lot of teenagers listening to our yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they were going more devotional route. They wanted oh, to see. Oh, okay, and, yeah, yeah. And so I, <laughs> yeah, I do. I have one. It's yeah. <laughs> um, called Some People's Kids. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I, I just found Axis had a, a list of 15, mm. top 15 mm podcast for teenagers 
that I was like, I just sent the link. Right. I said, here you go. I mean, I haven't listened to all these. I've listened to a couple of them. Yeah. I trust Access. I think you're going to find one that really fits your situation. So there's there's a tons of resources out there that you mm-hmm. could just have. I was just thinking about this the other day of like, I should, and there's also a lot of book devotionals as well. Like mm-hmm. I should just put together a list <laughs> and just have at my ready for my volunteers, for my parents to say, hey, your kid's at this spot. Yeah. Your, your, your kid's questioning the faith. Here's a great resource to go through with them if you're feeling like, I don't have the answers for that. Yeah. Uh, you, oh, your, your kid's navigating uh, how to witness to their friends who are um, identifying in the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a good resource. You know, Preston Sprinkles living in a gray world. Right. Uh, you know, like here's a good, So I think there's so much out there that you don't have to feel like you're the genius on um, mm-hmm. and you can help accomplish yeah. Deuteronomy six in those ways. Yeah. Um, and, and then, um, you know, figure if we went back to what we started with, with, or what we talked about earlier with, if a youth pastor is really trying to divide up his time and his thinking mm-hmm. into those three areas. And so a third of your week is kind of, I mean, that's a per, in a perfect world, perfect but world. let's yeah, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's say, uh, a, a hunk of your week each week a hunk. Oh, yeah, okay. is, uh, is a available. Yeah is is there and is strategically um open just to think and mm. to research like you said yeah. you know of resources and to talk with older parents in the mm-hmm. church and so you're constantly um you're constantly think you know thinking through this again how can we best do this man alive the things that would come out of that would yeah. you know would just be great i, I mentioned um, the book shift by haynes and there's a lot of ways to um that's he's just kind of got a a model that you you could take and you could adapt mm-hmm. but i think what's genius about what he's done regardless if you did it the, exactly the way he did yeah is he tried to identify different stages that every family is going to bring their kids through mm-hmm. and every parent really uh the more we can resource them the glad you know the the more grateful they're going to be the more prepared they'll be the more opportunity yeah. they're going to have to to walk their kids through these situations mm. from, like you said, home devotions, you know, to um, I'm getting ready to go off to college and it's probably going to be secular. And how do I make sure I don't lose my faith, you know, or yeah. mom and dad, how do I prepare my kids? So that, yeah. um, you know, grandparenting and the influence of a grandparent, you know, a, a bunch of those things that a, mm. every family is going to go through. Um, you can prepare mom and dad for. And, and I think too, as we identify people in our church, parents in our church, couples in our church, um, they can become a mentor resource then too. Mm-hmm. Um, this may be, I was going to ask you guys actually, cause the way you're talking, uh, I think this would be, this would be helpful. I'm, I'm definitely from a, a generation that is more tied to, um, show me than, mm-hmm. than give me a podcast or yeah. give me a book, yeah. you know, it's kind of yeah. like, no, show me. And so, and so for me, the idea of having parents that would go, you know, if you're if you're struggling in this area that I just spoke on, or I yeah. just, you know, I'm available to you to grab coffee. Yeah. Uh, you can talk to me. That's I'm just I'm all over that. Yeah, you yeah. know. And so I don't. I was going to ask you guys: Is that as? Would you say in your 30s is that as appealing uh, to I, you guys? I much rather would hang out with a parent and talk about kids, which I actually feel like I get more than the send me resources. I don't hmm. often get with my parents yeah uh resource gatherers yeah and they're they're more like hey here's a quick question on a sunday i don't even get a lot of parents that ask me Hmm. can we can we hang out i get a lot more like students who want more out of their faith relationship with god that's what i typically am in fielding or times with my leaders how can i how can i be more equipped to do the job that i've been called to yeah yeah so i haven't i haven't been really given the opportunity to to talk with a lot of parents hmm. at yeah. least on my end Our, okay. my situation is a little unique in the sense of we have a lot of um foster and adoptive families hmm. and so they are resource cool. junkies yeah and because they're like i've got this kid that's got this trauma or this background or they this was happening to them in the womb and stuff and so mm-hmm. they are a little bit of resource junkies and yeah. they're trying to navigate um you know they do recognize that that might be above my pay grade mm-hmm. and so they're like do you know of anything yeah. and my kid actually only listens 
they're they're most calm. They, you know, because of their anxiety issues, they don't do well with the one on one conversations. They actually do really well just having earphone headphones in mm. and listening to something because really it calms yeah. them down. Mm. So I have some of that where it's like, um, I think so it's actually, and sometimes what I have is the secondhand conversation, right? So like mm. uh, the woman that texted me about a podcast, different podcast ideas was actually told me she, she asked out of a conversation, conversation she had with another mom who was asking about this. And so, um, so I think, for me, I do, and we, we also have a lot of teachers and, mm-hmm. um, you know, in our youth ministry as well, parents who are teachers. So they're not, they're kind of resource junkies that way too. So yeah, yeah I think it, it is a little unique and I'm a little wired that way too, where I'm like, uh-huh. I love to have a book on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. I love, I love the mm-hmm. coffee sitting down one-to-one. And if there's like, I've written down the, all the books you've said so far, I'm just like, mm-hmm. I love kind of having those resources. So yeah, it, it is interesting and but then again i'll get into long conversations with parents after youth group about mm. what their child's going through or what they're trying to navigate and yeah so you know i had one dad once go yeah we've tried to do family devotionals but i just can't man it, it gets tense or i don't know how to navigate this and <laughs> i wonder like, yeah i, I wonder you. if a difference is too like because andrew what's your title because you're not, uh, youth I'm pastor. an associate pastor. Is my job okay? Yeah. So that's so my official title. But official I'm, title is associate. Associate, yeah. And then, so, but it's associate like over family, right? Over you, over youth, but it's like you had said earlier, it's the K through college, basically, is what I kind of falls under my scope. Yeah. Know? Whereas I might just have, I just have, I'm just the student director, yeah. and uh, uh, yeah, student ministry director, and so I'm in charge of just yeah. the junior high through uh high school and yeah. so i feel like that that might be a thing too where the expectation of the congregation for you is different where the congregation sure the yeah expectation of the congregation for uh, me is different where yeah. they're you'll get those questions because people are like oh he's associate so i think that even affects well and and i'm the, on the elder board the too, so that can, i guess that can affect a little bit too but I, you know what's funny is i i don't get a whole lot of them it it, it usually is that like it gets punted to me sometimes where family was talking and then I was like, I don't know if there's any resources out there. And then they come and ask mm-hmm. me things like that. Yeah. But, um, I actually catch myself, like you said earlier, doing a lot of networking where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I had a family once talking to me about, um, their child and stuff like that. I said, you know, I, I know someone who went through something just like that, that you mm-hmm. might really benefit from talking when they did. And it was helpful, you yeah. know? And so, um, I, I think that's great. I'm, we're, we're going to shift gears a yeah. little bit, um, because we, we got only a little bit of time left because we could do, a bunch of episodes with you. Um, we should just do a bunch of episodes. <laughs> yeah, for just a whole season of that. It would just be really fun. Um, <laughs> it would be fun. <laughs> so we talked about the youth ministry's life in the church. We also talked about the youth pastors a little bit. Mm-hmm. There is a, per- and we mentioned this earlier, there is a perception, I think, and I'll give a story of this, but there's a perception that youth pastors are just big, goofy kids <laughs> mm-hmm. and that the job is just to be a big, goofy kid. I had a, yeah. a buddy of mine once, he asked me, I was back home, back in Ohio visiting and I had just gotten the job as the youth pastor at Christ the Redeemer. And he goes, so is your job literally to just play with Nerf guns? Like, is that like, and he was dead serious. Cause that was, yeah. that was similar That's to the youth pastor question. he had. Yeah. And I was like, no, but I am a pretty good shot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, um, but my, my, our question is how, how, and I don't know how to word this. Like, how do we change that perception? Maybe that's the turning with the tide yeah. a little bit, but how does that perception change? Yeah. It's almost like we want to partner with parents, but do parents want to partner with us? Right. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that respect conversation there. How, how, yeah. how do you, how does that change? Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a conversation that has to happen at the, the leadership level, you mm. know, staff and elders. Yeah. And then that needs to be communicated to the church. I know that the perception of the youth pastor is, you know, we've brought this guy in sort of to just keep the kids out of trouble for a couple yeah. of years and, and then they'll move on to something else. And, and uh, but what we're talking about in youth ministry is and they fill in the blanks yeah. and explain. Yeah. So I think that has to come from the, you know, from leadership. Mm. And let me give you a quick a quick uh, story on that because it's a long haul. Yeah. We had a student graduate uh, from 
from the youth and family ministry program, you know, completely understanding this sold out on it. He was so mm. stoked to go and, mm. and lead at the, actually he was going back to the church he'd grew up in and they were, uh, they were hiring them. You would remember him, Spencer Mrozak. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. To throw out the name. Yeah. Okay. So Spencer goes back to his, his home church and, and he, as he's interviewing, he's explaining to them, you know, how he would like to do his ministry. And it had a lot of equipping mom and dad, mm-hmm. you know, the kinds of things we're talking about here in it. And they said, yeah, that's great. That's exactly what we want. And so he was like, oh man, I, you know, I found the, I found my lane and we're all going the same direction. Then he gets there and it turns out it sounded good to everybody, but, um, but they still had well, but aren't you really going to come in and do tons of activities and, you know, kind of keep my kids from getting into trouble? Be a senior high, junior high babysitter. Right. Yeah. A little bit of that. Yeah. Um, And so he, so he, he gave me a call and he goes, here's what I'm going to do. And I thought it was genius. He goes, I'm just going to spend the next year, his first year, just getting to know the leaders in the church. And I'm going to sit down with each of them, uh, you know, for a lunch or coffee one by one and and walk through this with them mm. and he said you know to the end of the year we had changed at least at the leadership level an understanding of what this meant yeah. and he said so that was that was going to be good but he said it wasn't till two years later that leadership and staff all said we get it now we're commissioning you to make it the DNA of our church. Mm. So it took him three years, even though it sounded like everybody was on the same page to till the soil at the leadership level and his own leaders too, to get them to the place where they went. Yeah, that's what we want Mm. in our church. Let's make it the DNA. So, um, so, you know, back to your question at the start, it really does have to come from the leadership and, and it's slow because not everybody's there yet. They, they don't see that picture. It's, um, it really is still kind of a, well, we'd love the luxury of a youth pastor who could kind of keep our kids out of trouble until mm. they're, they're old. Yeah. Enough, so, yeah. yeah. I think it's, that that's so great because I think another element to that is your staff is going to also be your biggest advocate, mm-hmm. you know, if, if they're on board with it. And we, Ian and I talk a lot about the relationship between the youth pastor and the senior pastor mm-hmm. and how important that is. Yeah. Because a lot of times your senior pastor, like you said, is, you know, way ahead of you in life they're they may either have teenagers in your youth ministry or the teenagers are out of it and so parents are going to turn to them a lot of times for advice and insight and and you want them to be able to say hey are your kids a part of the youth group because you know ian's doing an incredible job over there and well over there with us for us and and you know they're focusing on discipleship they're focusing on getting in the word they're trying to build relationships outside like if the youth if the senior pastor can't I think if the senior pastor can't say that, mm-hmm. there's a disconnect there. Yeah. And so the leadership has to be on board for not just youth ministry, all ministries, but for youth ministry to be able to say, hey, this is what we want to do. This is the direction we want to go. And you're not alone. You're not mm-hmm. some I think isolated. A, I think a trouble with that, too, because a lot of youth ministries will feel isolated Yeah, is because it's like the youth, uh, the youth guy is always getting involved in all of the other things in all the other ministries. So yeah. like they're, they're perhaps to be present because sometimes the youth, per, the youth pastor is also in charge of sound. Right. They get thrown the ball for that one, especially for small churches. Yeah. yeah. And so they're at the women's events. They're at the, yeah. uh, they're always there on Sunday. They're always there at all these things, but then the senior pastor isn't there at youth group. They're, right. They don't get You're to right. see. So yeah. there's the support that the youth pastor is giving towards the senior pastor. And then there's, there might not be this support that, they might feel because they just aren't there. They're not present for it. Yeah. And I think it's a communication. Mm-hmm. It's getting to sit down with that senior pastor, like what yeah. Spencer did yeah. and getting with the, with those people and connecting and inviting them like into what are your expectations for the ministry? Well, and mm-hmm. that word communication is important too, important as well. What, what are you communicating to your parents? Yeah. It is, yeah, are they right. just seeing a calendar that goes, I mean, and it's both in, right? That church kind of expected, a lot of events. There's other mm-hmm. churches that you'll have people that frown out, frown mm-hmm. at all the events. And so, is your calendar balanced? Right. Is is your yeah. communication balanced? You know, is it just, hey, video game night and this game night and this game night and this game, or is it, hey, you know, uh, 
men, you know, uh, discipleship groups are happening and this is our teaching schedule for the year. And, and then, you know, when you're sending out weekly newsletters, if you're even doing that, it's followed up with, this is what was taught last week. So you can ask questions. So I think it's showing parents as well that this is how serious we're taking God's word Mm -hmm. and your child's discipleship, both in the Wednesday night, Monday night, Sunday night, whatever it is, and also the one-on-one, and we want you to be aware of it. Yeah, right. Um, to, and I think that also yeah. helps with the equipping side of it too. Mm-hmm. So, but yep. also, this is something that's encouraged me. Our job is not to go and change people's perspectives or perceptions of us. Our job is to be faithful, and in being faithful to God's word and to the mission He's entrust, ministries He's entrusted us with, I think that perception will change. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. given given time. Well, this has been. Uh, I wish we had more than an hour. <laughs> it has yeah, been an hour already, wild, and so thank you so much, Craig, for joining us and giving us just immense amounts of wisdom. And a pleasure. Thanks so, for what me. we've learned is Craig's a really good gift giver because he's never given his wife a gift. That's, that's what I. That's, that's, that's what, what I'm I walking away with. From that's, this. That's, that's, you need some some marriage advice there, <laughs> Doctor Craig Furter, Great Northern uh, University. You can get all the advice if you just apply. Just apply, <laughs> uh, and you can save ten percent by using code. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, but that wouldn't on. that be funny? That would be funny. You can save. Any. We will cover your application fee. We're kidding. <laughs> we are totally kidding. Uh, anyway, uh, go check out Great Northern University, one of our favorite uh, places yeah. to send our students. Great. But then also, they've got—they're just so so cool. We'll we'll uh, leave a link to their their website in our in our bio. Great. So yeah. we would love for you guys to check them out. Another way you guys can always be helping out uh, some people's kids' podcasts is by sharing these podcasts with those parents. Like, subscribe, yep. and share, and share these with these those parents that you feel like could use this kind of help, whether it be like ministering to LGBTQ or anything like that we've got all sorts of yep. we've got three seasons folks and yeah we're, 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 we're a lot we're of stuff along. going on there so if you want to be equipped to do ministry it's a great way to do that but again guys this is some people's kids podcast ian and andrew you pastors just making sure we press the button we did it this time but you did it this time we did it we did it so we'll see you guys next time thank you so much yeah for talk to y'all later we'll see you guys next time